You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Everybody, it's good to be home. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and let me let me turn real quick, and you you can turn with me if you'd like to Leviticus chapter six. Not anyone's not anyone's favorite book in the Bible. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say my favorite scripture. I've memorized it's in Leviticus. <laughs> it's where I often go to to be encouraged. <laughs> but the but there is there is good stuff in there. It's uh it's still the word of God even though some of it doesn't apply, but some of its types and shadows that still exist today. And so that's what I, I want to point out. Um but first of all, I just want to um obviously I got back on on Wednesday night, Matt General and I got back from from Karachi and um just from the bottom of our, of both of our hearts i'm not going to be able to articulate uh, well enough my appreciation our appreciation for your prayers for us um what you you sowed into us uh spiritually uh some of you that were willing to sacrifice sleep to pray for us uh in the middle of the night here which would have been during the day um over there uh your prayers made a, a huge difference and you'll see that today. Your financial contributions, every penny that you sowed into this trip, we are, I mean, so, so incredibly grateful for. You know, Donish and his team, uh, Pastor Donish and, and Pastor Rahil and, and their families, and I didn't get actually meet Rahil's family, but we got to spend significant time with um, with Donish, his, his wife Anita, their, their three children and in-laws and Donish's side of the family also. So good relational time. But um, we, we talked about what price can you put on, on salvation? You know, what, what, you know can, you fix, can you fix a value upon one life that, that gets saved? I mean, it's impossible. You can't put a numerical value on it. It's just... There's no amount of money in the world. And so uh, you guys sewed into something that honestly you, you can't put a price on. But Jesus used what you sewed into. And he, he said, I'll take this and uh, I'll actually make an impact that's, that's something that that money can't even compare to. Um, because that's, that's how he is, right? Um, he's, just, he's just good and he, uh, he doesn't add, he multiplies. And <laughs> it's just the way that he does math. And so we got to see firsthand uh, so much that I'm going to share with you today. And first, I mean, so Donish and I have been in, in relationship for years, but we hadn't actually met face-to-face, even though, well, I mean, I guess if you count uh, video calls, we, we've seen each other face-to-face like that, but I've never physically, we never physically met each other. And so to be with him and with his family and with his team, it's beyond words how incredibly grateful that we are that we get to spend that time with them and to forge a new relationship. And that's, 
you know, both of us speak the same language. You know, when you get around somebody and, and they speak relational language, uh, when they care first and foremost about relationship and, and friendship, that's what he, that's what he cares about. Uh, that's what they care about. That's what we care about. And so I see this being a relationship and, and friendship that lasts uh, until, you know, we're not here any longer. <laughs> uh, you know, he's only 30 years old. Uh, he's been doing this for 10 years already. Um, and so him and, him and Pastor Rahil started this ministry together. And uh, Rahil's the chef. Um, have you ever heard of Top Chef or Master Chef? Um, so he teaches culinary school, and he teaches all levels of culinary school, but that's one of them uh, that he teaches people that would be on that show or go to the best restaurants that there are uh, in, in the world. And so, so that, was, that was fun. Uh, we got a lot of good time with, with him also, and it's just, I hope today, one of my primary purposes today is to be able to honor them and to be able to honor the people that we get to spend time with because when things are happening so quickly and there's so much miraculous stuff that is happening so much good stuff that is happening um it's i have i have yet to process a a percent a small percentage of what happened even though i've been been doing my best as i'm trying to adjust back to sleep also um, so some nights I'm sleeping and some nights like last night I'd sleep for a couple hours and then you just can't sleep anymore. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. My body will adjust back. But so to spend time with these people, things are happening so fast. It would be easy to graze over these things as if they were just casual encounters, but they weren't. They were life changing moments for us. They were life changing moments for, for them. Uh, and, and Donish and his team are, you know, when you meet other people that are burning for Jesus, and it just, it, it not only encourages you, uh, but it empowers you, and it actually adds to the fire that you carry, uh, that was our, our interaction with them. And so, uh, look forward to a lot more continued work side by side with them in, in the future, um, but let's get to this, this trip first. <laughs> um, so, we... Uh, I have a ton, they send us home with, they do such an incredible job of videography and photography. I have so, so, so many pictures and videos. Um, and I'm just going to share maybe 1% of them today. Probably not 1%, probably a, a half of a percent um, of mo mainly pictures. Because I want you all to be able to feel like you were a part of, you were. But I want you to feel like, okay, I can envision that. I see this. I feel like. I was almost there. Um, so, because honestly, you were, even if you didn't feel like it. Every time you prayed, every time you thought about us, um, like I said, everything that you sowed, you were, you were with us. We weren't doing this. I got a word from, from somebody. I forget who it was. I got so many great words. Thank you for the prophetic words, too. Is that I got a word from somebody about, you may feel like you're, maybe it was, maybe it was Robert. You may feel like you're doing this alone, but you're, you're, not. you're not. You're not alone. There's people that are actually with you. Um, because you're in a, <laughs> in a foreign place and it's, uh, some of you've been on mission trips. This is not that, <laughs> um, but they are living this every day and making a huge impact. Um, and not just in Karachi, not just in Pakistan, but all through the Middle East. 
And Karachi, honestly, is the gateway to the Middle East. And if you look that up and you were to Google that, you would say, yeah, 80% of imports and exports come through the seaports of Karachi in throughout the Middle East. So they consider themselves to, to be the gateway to the Middle East, but also spiritually. So it's, it's not coincidental that God connected us with them and uh, that we get to do this side by side and just jump in where they have done so, so much work already. Um, and we get to actually come in and, and add value while we learn from the things that they're doing there. And, and I, learned, I learned a lot. And uh, I learned that their work ethic puts mine to shame, um, quite honestly. <laughs> it was a, it's a rude awakening, but it was, it was, uh, it's good, you know, when you're convicted over something like that. And uh, we didn't sleep much while we were there. <laughs> but that's all right. Sometimes you don't need it. Sometimes I overvalue the amount of sleep that I thought I, I, thought I needed. And then sometimes you do need it. So uh, let, me, let me get into this. I just want to read these couple scriptures out of Leviticus. And then I want to get into the, the, pic, uh, the pictures that we have and tell you the testimonies, the stories, and all the things that God did. So in Leviticus chapter uh, 6, verse 12, it says, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it, and it shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and the lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Verse 13, and a fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. You know, that, that's one of those things that in the old, old Covenant that I can't find where it was ever stopped or replaced in the New. It just looks different. And now the altar gets to be our lives. And I think that at least part of the sacrifice gets to be our hearts, but not just our hearts, but our minds. Because it's as important for me to sacrifice my mind as it is to sacrifice my heart. Um, Because it is the gateway to everything that I believe. And John Wesley said that if you light yourself on fire, uh, that people will come from miles around to watch you burn. Um, And so uh, this... This past, you know, the week and a half that we were around, we were eight, actually eight days, I was with people that burned for him. I was with people that burned for him, and, and I got to see an example of what it looks like to, to burn, despite circumstances, despite situations, despite the oppression and, and the persecution that they face on a daily basis, uh, and, and not knowing how long life will be. And we talked, and I was mentioning somebody that was 64 years old, and Donish is like, that's, that's old here. I'm like, oh, the closer I get to it, if it you know, the, the older I don't think it is. <laughs> I feel like, I'm like, that oh, still feels young. Um, but he's, no, like, he's like 60 years old. Um, so they're literally running relentlessly, um, passionately after everything that Jesus paid for. And so I expect during this time that I share these testimonies, you get to see these pictures. Some of this stuff that I'm going to share um, won't be super encouraging to you, but it will be the truth of what's happening there, which you need to hear. I refuse to share the testimonies of the goodness of God without you knowing the things that people are suffering. Yeah. Now, I won't be, I see that there's a handful of youngsters in the room, and so I won't be uh, super descriptive of, of what's taking place. But those of you that are above uh, age, you'll get it. You'll, you'll know. I don't have to paint the picture. I'll say enough to, you'll be like, oh, okay. 
Um, so you, you need to hear that too. But I believe that while I'm sharing this stuff, that there's going to be an impartation that takes place. Um, I believe that there's, there's fire to be released today from, from their, them that came to us, but also from heaven upon everybody that's been willing to lay their life down as an altar to Jesus. And I know I'm in a room full of people that have, have been willing to do that. And so expect fresh fire to come. Also, the healing testimonies. Expect healing to come. Whatever you need healing for physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, uh, expect it to come today as I'm sharing the testimonies. If it's something that even resembles what you need, or maybe it doesn't. You just Jesus did it. He wants to do it again. That's what the root word of testimony means, to do again. And so just reach out and grab it. You know, it's yours. He's here. He wants to heal, right? We've, we've learned that. And so, <laughs> so we're going to go right. I'm actually, I was going to start with all, I was going to start. Wow, did you see that? So that's it. <laughs> We'll see you guys Wednesday. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start from the end. We actually, so the last day that I was there, the last day that Matt and I were there, we did recording, I did a couple recordings for their TV station. I did an interview with Donish, and then we did relational time. We spent time with both sides of the family. And so the day before the last day was the day that we went to the village. Uh, villages. We went to three villages, and we're about four, uh, four and a half hours outside of Karachi. Um, once you get a couple hours outside um, of the city, um, you're beyond where police or anything goes. I don't go out there. There's nobody governing this. <laughs> don't worry, we were well protected. <laughs> but... That just to let you know, this, the, these people that are in these villages, um, there's, if, if people don't come to them, there's no one there to, to help them. Um, I take it we're having a problem with, uh, with ProPresenter. It's doing something weird. I'll just keep talking because that's what I'm good at. And uh, there are 650 unreached villages in Pakistan alone, people that have never heard the name of Jesus. 650. You know, when Jesus said the harvest is ready, pray that there would be more laborers sent out. Keep on praying because there needs to be, I mean, us alone, even in a lifetime, I don't know that we could, we can't reach 650 villages. But Donish's team, they have a hundred pastors in their network alone. There's such unity that is happening amongst them. And I got to meet quite a few of them. They do great relational, um, they, relational time on a daily basis. They eat together daily, not all 100 of them, but the ones that they have there on their team, which are 20-some, I can't remember the exact number, but just there locally in Karachi, there's a bunch. So 650 unreached, unreached villages, approximate tribes in Pakistan who have never heard the name of Jesus. So uh, these, the, most of the people, though, so they're Muslim and Hindu, and the ones that we met mostly are Hindu, and they speak a tribal, they speak a tribal language, which there's a picture that you'll see. I'm speaking, as I'm giving an altar call, uh, I'm speaking in English, Donish is translating it in Urdu, and then the pastor is translating it in their tribal language. Wow. So it requires a great deal. I've spoken through a translator quite a few times. 
but to speak through two requires a little more patience because I get pretty excited, as you've seen before. And so, especially if you're having them repeat a prayer, so you're speaking, he's speaking, pastor's speaking, and then they're repeating a prayer. You got, you, <laughs> you with me? And so it's, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's good for me, but I, that's long enough that I'm like, you know, I've got 15 thoughts at that point in time. <laughs> I've got 10 more minutes worth of stuff to say, but you can't because now it's not just taking twice as long for you to speak. It's taking three times or four times as long for you to speak. <clears throat> so a half hour message would turn into, you know, to, well, if you're having to repeat it, if you weren't, it'd be an hour and a half. So that's fun. Um, it was actually, it's actually a huge, huge privilege to be able to, to do that. And <clears throat> so um, we, we got to be in two villages where they're actually, they've reached before. <clears throat> and uh, hold on, we're going to make declarations again. No. Um, <clears throat> so two of the villages that we went to, there's a, a school and a church in one that they've built, and about 80% of the village is reached. And then another village, they just have a school. And then the village that we got to put, where we all contributed to the clean water hand pump, uh, that village is unreached. And so they were all Hindus. And <clears throat> they wear bracelets up to their, their shoulders. Um, a lot of the women will completely cover their face when they're around you. Um, they're little kids. My gosh, they're cute, uh, which we've got pictures of them. But even the little girls are very young. You know, their makeup and, you know, their, their customs. Um, so we, uh, we got to share at the church, and then we also got to, to feed, which you guys contributed to, feeding that particular village, feeding the whole village. And so that was, uh, was we got to be at a, a new church they built not long ago. And, and at that church, we saw a dozen or so people give their life to Jesus, uh, get, born, get born again. And they appeared like they were all uh, Hindus. And so when they even, even the ones that are already saved and following Jesus, they are still holding to their attire as their customs. Um, because it's just, it's progression. Following Jesus, most important thing. The customs, all that stuff, you know, they hold on to, to some of those things because they've been embedded in them for a very long time. Um, so, so that was, uh, it, was, it was amazing to see. And to see these, they have so many children. Uh, there were so many little kids uh, running around. And it's just, and we've got a, a video that we may or may not be able to um, they may have to reboot. I don't know if I have to reboot ProPresenter. I'm just going to start sharing them, and then if we get pictures up, I will. You'll get to see what I was talking about. How about that? Yes. So, um, yeah, that was the church that we shared out. So we went to the clean where the clean water hand pump was being planted first, and we saw they were working on it. No, we didn't do the work. They hire people to to do all that. They have professionals, and so Matt and I doing the work. We've just been getting in the way. Um, of it, and plus, it's not like it's not like your hand digging this thing. You know what I mean? They have uh, a, for this particular one that didn't need to be. I think they were going 50 feet down. Um, some of them they go deeper than that, and then they have a, a truck that comes in with a, with a drill on it. Um, but this one was a little more hand 
quote-unquote hand manually dug um, with a contraption that they have, which I was actually fascinated by, and some of you guys would be too. But um, it was a young man that was doing it. And so while they were doing that, that's when we went to the church and was able to just share the simple gospel with him and honor. So there's pastors. They have pastors that stay in these villages. They live there. Remember what I told you. There's nobody governing anything out there. They're, so they, these, these guys are, I mean, they're my heroes. You know, they're out there where nobody will ever know their name. Right? They don't have anybody following them on, on Instagram or Facebook. They don't have a big ministry. They don't have, they don't have, they don't have you know, business cards with their name on them. They just laid their life down for the gospel. They've, they've, they, they've counted Jesus worthy to lay down everything for him. And they're paying a price that you and I will, will never have to pay. And so it's just, I mean, to see the way that they honor us and to get to pray for them, uh, I'm like, wow, you, you know, this isn't, it should be the other way around. It's the way you, whole, you feel the whole time. You're like, we should be honoring you. You should be praying for us. <laughs> it shouldn't be. Um, so, and unfortunately, they, not in the villages, but in, the, in Pakistan, they not always had the greatest experience with Americans. You may not find this as shocking, <laughs> but they found some to be arrogant and prideful. Um, so that's unfortunate, but it's the reality of it. And, um, and that's not everybody, but that's some people. And so we um, were able to connect with them on a heart level because that's just not how we are. Um, and they get to, you know, what you see is what you get, and it's the same with them. So it was refreshing. Um, and so after the first village that we went to, uh, we, went to the we went to a school where these kids are, so these kids need to be educated to be able to get out of this cycle of bondage that they're in. Now, here's some of the not so, so, so great news. So some of them, now what it would be easy for you to do in this time is it would be easy for you to get very angry at the people that are causing this, this pain on, on, on these precious people uh, and these people that don't have anything. It would be easy for you to get angry, but, but what we must remember, what I have to remember is that the people that are inflicting this bondage upon people in this punishment, in this torment, they, they don't know Jesus. They need Jesus, right? And if you and I didn't have Jesus, we'd be capable of, of similar things in different ways, right? So I just wanted to give that as a, as a <laughs> precursor to what I'm getting ready to say. So Christians specifically, but these particular people in these tribal areas would be lured in um, by um, wealthier Muslim people. And this isn't all Muslims, it's just some. And they'll say, hey, I see that you don't have anything. Here's a loan. Here's $5,000. Just want to, you know, take care of you, be your friend. What they don't tell them is that the percentage that they put on that particular $5,000 makes it absolutely 100% impossible for them to ever pay it back with the jobs that they have. <clears throat> so, this continues, perpetually continues. And what happens when you can't pay the loan back in X amount of years, then we take somebody from your family or people from your family, and they come make bricks. They make a 1,000 bricks a day, blocks. You know, and you can see them. Donis has got videos of it, I'm pretty sure, on their Facebook page. And they have to make a 1,000 a, a day. And they, they only make a few dollars for doing this, 
for making a thousand bricks in a day. And, and it will never eliminate their debt because they're not making enough money because of the interest. Plus, they're just not making enough money to pay off the debt. So what happens is this debt becomes generational. And so what Donish and his team do is some, they, when they get the money, they buy these people out of slavery for whatever the landlord says. So um, same thing in, in one of the villages that we went to where the school was. There's, um, I'm still processing some of the stuff that you, you get to see. It's, just, it's, it's a lot. You take a little bit of a time. You allow yourself to feel. But <clears throat> I think it will still always be, always be painful. But when they're not able to pay their landlord in, this, in, these, in these villages, um, what they do is they, they take one of their women. Um, and so give them back after the day. And um, for about a buck, about a dollar, U.S. So these women are the ones that we're helping provide and Donish's team are helping provide sewing machines for because when they have sewing machines, they can actually make a little bit of money. And Anita, Donish's wife, sent home, uh, um, what is it called? Uh, shawl. And it's hand-sewn by some of the women that hopefully you'll get to see a picture of them in, in, the, in the village. Um, and I got the privilege of praying over these particular women. And... Um, so just beautiful that little kids were saying their ABCs. A couple of them did. I caught them on video. They were saying their ABCs in English uh, and, and uh, spelling some English words. And then also some of them were, were uh, um, one of them stood up and said his uh, ABCs in Urdu. Because remember, they speak a tribal language. And so if you speak English around there or in, in Pakistan, uh, you're considered to be educated. And you have a leg up. So these kids are, so Donish and his team are helping these kids get educated so that they're not going to be the next generation that's in bondage. And the landlords try to keep them from getting educated because they know if, if they get educated, they will get, they will get out of bondage. So pray for these landlords to encounter Jesus. They just need Jesus, right? Just like the rest of the world, they need Jesus. Um, so we were, able to, uh, we were able to pray for them, pray for the village, celebrate. They had a Christmas cake, <laughs> and uh, we were able to celebrate with the kids um, their, their Christmas. You know, this is something that's fairly new for them, and it's definitely not going to encounter any snow there. Um, <laughs> they were already dressing, they were dressing their kids in, in little stocking caps at night. It was like 60. <laughs> I was like, this feels amazing. <laughs> You're like, it's getting cold. I'm like, oh. not where I live. I left cold. <laughs> and I flew back into Chicago, and I was reminded of how cold it is in the Windy City. <laughs> so because it was in the 80s during the day there, uh, which is, you know, their winter, so, <clears throat> which is nice. So we will strategically plan our trips spring and fall <laughs> to Pakistan and not in the summer where it's rainy and humid and 100. Um, so the village that you guys helped um, sew a clean water hand pump into, we were able to witness clean water coming out of this hand pump for the first time. So this is, I mean, it's a lot to you and I, it just, it's, I can't grasp that, you know, what it is to be able to have clean water. Um, I, I can't even compare what it, we got. We, we're, we're up and running. We're trying, we're trying. 
We're trying. Okay. I, I'd like, I, I knew you were back there trying. I, so am I good to start? Just talk, okay, I can do that. So this is the village where we were, um, we were provided a clean water hand pump. And when I saw before, what they have right outside the village, it's not a stream, it's a ditch. It's a ditch that's been dug and rainwater comes into it and they were using that for everything. Clothes, drinking, bathing. You get the picture? So that's not good for you. So these were the people that got the clean water, water hand pump. And um, you can keep going. Thank you so much. So this is, the young, this is the young man that is digging this well with the rope. You see the pulley. Some of you get it. And it's go, it goes all the way down to where they strike water. And you can, you can keep going. Thank you. That is a pipe. That is a pipe. <laughs> There we are. <laughs> There's Donish. So Sonny is uh, right behind Matt. Sonny's uh, he's the, the pastor of the road. Uh, Donish calls him Google Maps. Um, he, uh, <laughs> if, if you've ever seen tra traffic in a place like that, there, there's no lines on the road and there are no rules. There's four, five, six cars across. And if you want to go the wrong way down a one way because it's a shorter way to get to where you're going, you just do it. And so there might be cars coming at you, even though it's not the right side of the road. And, and, and Sonny is uh, Sonny's an excellent driver. He spent a lot of time, a lot of time driving us around. Um, so these are the precious, precious, precious people that we got to, uh, that you guys sewed into them having clean water, which was life-changing for them. Now, all, all of them, so that's the, as you see the pump and, and um, filtration system is, is inside of the pipe, and so they'll change that out every three to four months. And so the other two villages, we shared the gospel with people that hadn't accepted Jesus. This particular village, what we do, what Don and his team, the plan is, so you provide a clean water hand pump, you show them the gospel, and you show them that you're with them that this wasn't just some humanitarian effort to where we just come and do something for you and take pictures and say, yay, this is awesome. But you actually show them, so they'll go back, they'll visit them every time they go back to the other villages where the pastors are. And when we go back next time, which we're planning sometime in, in the spring, and um, we'll talk more about that at another time, then we will actually share the gospel with them in words. So we got to pray for them. We got to share with them that Jesus loves them and that we love them. And we, they let us lay hands on all, all of them. Uh, and so, and we prayed over, they're, they're probably, if you would, keep going. And um, you, you can stop right there. But, but there'll be a picture here in a minute where we prayed over that hand pump. We prayed over that water and we believe that the water is going to bring healing to them in, in more ways. That's, uh, there's, that's clean water. Um, right there, which is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so that's us praying over that, that hand pump, that they would encounter Jesus every time they got water out of it, and that they would get healing in their body every way that they need it from the other water that has caused this stuff and the conditions that they're living in. And so it's one thing to hear about it. It's another thing to see it face to face, right? It's just, it's just different. I, I couldn't, you don't, you just don't know what you don't know. 
<clears throat> so thank you. If you would keep keep going, um, more pictures of the well. So this is the church that we we got to speak in in the village, and um, as you'll see, some of them are some of them are covered up and some of them aren't. Um, when you get close to them or when you pray for them, they usually cover their faces, and um, so that's that's Donish and I, and uh, these are the women that were in the village that I was, I was talking about. Again, if you're on live, I'm sorry, I can't show you these pictures. Some of them we're not going to post unless we blur out the faces of them, but you guys are getting to see them because you're here. And so these are the women that I was talking about with the sewing machines. These are the women that we, that we got to pray for that were in the village. And, um, and so... Yeah, that was uh, towards, the, towards the end of that, that day, and that was some of the ladies that so hand-sewn the, sh uh, you'll see the embroidery inside the shawl that Anita gave to, to Lindsay, and uh, we're going to take a picture with it and post it. So here's some more pictures from, from inside the church. You can keep going, please. And uh, there's more. So... Uh, <laughs> There's a couple of Donish's team there on the left-hand side next to, next to Sonny and uh, usually doing the photography and uh, videography and uh, a lot. Of, actually, those guys wear a couple different hats, and uh, they do a great job. And um, obviously, that's Matt General on the right. He was being a trooper because he hadn't felt well for about three days. And um, uh, so he was, he was in, you know, four and a half hour car ride. And it isn't like you're, you're cruising down 69, you know, it's, um, I guess the highway is pretty smooth. Um, but still, you know, you don't feel well, you, you don't want to be in the car. So he was, he was toughing it out. You, you can keep going, please. Um, so there on the left hand side uh, with the microphone is the pastor of that particular village. And um, there's are others, what they would consider to be uh, like evangelists, which are essentially pastors in training, or junior pastors, or we would call them associate pastors. Uh, but evangelist means a little something different there than it does than it does here. And they are careful as far as apostles and prophets go, because of the culture um, that the they come out of. As far as Muslims, they really don't talk much about that kind of stuff. Um, they do amongst themselves, but not openly, because of the particular culture of, of Pakistan for the moment. So these people that are standing right there, those women over there, uh, and those people back there, even the young kids, uh, are all the ones that are giving their life to Jesus that day. Come on. <laughs> yes, Lord. Um, so it's, it was amazing. Um, yeah. You, if you would flip to the next one, uh, that's that's the that's the they're repeating the prayer of salvation as I was telling you. I'm speaking, Donish is speaking in Urdu, and the pastor speaking in the tribal language. <laughs> next picture, please. Uh, so Matt is praying for this lady right here. And I don't know if you can see well enough to notice that that lady doesn't have any eyes. Not blind. She doesn't have eyes. <laughs> So, Matt prays for her. He comes over and tells me, hey man, this lady just got healed. She can see, but I don't know how because she doesn't have eyes. So, I'd slept two hours that night and I thought, okay. You know, you're a little delirious, like 
anointing presence of God, you know. <laughs> and he, so what happened is, is he held, he prays for her, and he holds up, he says, okay, I'm going to hold up. How many fingers am I holding up? She says the right amount. He does it again. Three. Twice. We're like, I, I don't know if eyeballs are being formed in there. I'm trying to like make it make sense. You know, so we're like, okay, we're, we're, gonna, we're getting ready to bless this food for, for the village, and, and they're all getting ready to eat. We're like, okay, let's, let's, we're going to interview her. <laughs> let's get this on camera. Let's interview her. And so she comes back into the church building, and we start to interview her, and she says, I can't see like you guys see, but when he, when he prayed for me, Jesus started to tell me everything that was in front of me. And now she, as she's walking, Jesus is telling her what's, where to go, what's in front of her. Yeah, so I, I'm like, it wasn't, wasn't what we, we would think it should be, but Jesus is God and he does what he wants. So I'm like, wow, Jesus, that's amazing. Come on. <laughs> that messes me up. So... How'd that picture get in there? <laughs> so that's a, sh so, so pants, shalwar, S-H-A-L-W-A-R, shalwar, the shirt that you saw me wearing in the crusade, if you saw it on Facebook, it's long, uh, it's a kameez, K-A-M-E-E-Z, shalwar kameez, and so Donish and Rahil took me and Matt to the mall and bought us two shawar kameezes and so we each had a shirt and a pair of pants well we tried on the shirts the shirts were fine we didn't try on the pants I didn't know if I'd wear them or not and so I'm in the bathroom when we get back and I hear Matt go what the what is going on with these pants I think they gave us the wrong size how to get a large shirt and 6x pants and so I'm like, maybe they mixed them up. And then I opened mine, and I'm like, they're the same size as yours. Ginormous. <laughs> so we didn't know that they tie the, you know, they, they, they cinch those pants up. They're essentially, they all come that size. And they, 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 they you, you got it now? So we're just, we're ignorant of the culture. And so I, I, we sent these pictures to Donish, and we're like, hey, man, they give us the wrong size pants. So he, was, he got a good laugh out of it, and uh, we was able to, we were like, he's like, hey, bring those pants with you, and I'll show you. I'll show, let me educate you on these pants. So, so we, that's just good. Okay, next picture, please. Um, that's, just, that's just good stuff. Huh? You can just start at the picture after that one and work your way up to the top, backwards. Ah, oh, right there's a great place to stop. So this pastor right here, another one of my heroes. So we walked, so we did an open air street meeting, I think on Saturday or Sunday night. <laughs> I don't remember which, but it was at night. And we walked down the alley of the building where extremists meet, and they own that whole area. And he just planted a church and built a new church building. 
in that area. And so we got to bless him, bless the church, and do an open-air street meeting, which is not something that's common in this particular area, and I'm sure you can imagine why. And so I got the privilege of preaching the gospel that night in a place where you know you're like, yes, Jesus is, Jesus is Lord, regardless of what it may look like. He's, he's still king. And um, that night, um, that is the street meeting right there. Um, and so you see them, they're just all the way down, um, down the alley. <laughs> that's the pastor's, pastor's uh, looking right there. And that's an instrument that I can't remember the name of. It's, um, it's like an accordion on this side, and then it's keys on this side, and they're making two different sounds. Yeah, I saw a guy leading worship, um, singing while playing that. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> it'd be like playing, you know, similar to playing. It'd be playing two instruments at one time and then, and then also singing, which you guys that will lead worship know that that would be very complicated. <laughs> it's hard enough from what I hear to play an instrument and sing at the same time. It's harmonium. harmonium. That's, yeah. So <laughs> as you saw, we saw, uh, I don't know, I couldn't tell all the way back down the street, but there were a dozen or so people that gave their life to Jesus that night at that street meeting. So yeah, come on, uh, in an area where extremists own. So we don't know who all was there, but we know that people got born again that night. So beautiful, uh, beautiful, beautiful people. And um, so this is Pastor BM and his wife. Um, he has been doing ministry for 30 years in Karachi. Uh, he was one of those people that Donish would consider to be old because he's 60. And that's just old in their culture. Um, but he has 21 churches uh, around the city. And uh, I got the privilege of preaching in his church Sunday morning, and Matt preached at a different church. Uh, interestingly enough, he preached in a, in a new, new Nazarene church or something like that. And uh, in both churches, uh, so where Matt was preaching, he saw a bunch of people baptized in the Holy Spirit that morning. And where I was speaking, we saw a bunch of people baptized in love that morning. Uh, so there was a lot of baptism going on Sunday morning, um, but to preach in this man's church, he is so humble. Uh, guys, he, I said, How, how'd you do it? How, how'd you get to where you're at? He said, prayer and fasting. So I just fast. One time, fast was, I think he was fasting, going to fast 30 days, went 30 more, went 30 more, went 10 more, 100 days. Of fasting with juice and water. I would be just a shirt and pants. <laughs> it would look like my clothes were on a hanger. <laughs> but this, uh, uh, the key was was prayer and fasting to to in in reading the word. He said, "I pray, I fast, and I read the word." Just so humble. Um, so this is us getting to pray for them. Um, after we were able to, to prophesy over them and um, pray for, and we dedicated, uh, we got to dedicate a baby. Is, is there another picture after this of that? Yeah, we get to dedicate that baby. So there's, there's Pastor Raheel right there. You'll see pictures of him later. So Matt and I are getting to pray for the baby. I had a little fun with Donish. Um, we made a lot of jokes. So he didn't know us that well. You keep a serious face, you make a joke. And he started calling him. He said, oh, another serious joke. So I told him, I said, when we dedicate babies, we customarily we hold the baby, uh, we throw the baby up in the air, 
we catch the baby, kiss the baby, bless the baby, and give it back to the parents. I did it all with a straight face, and he's like, <laughs> the look on his face is like, you ain't doing that here. <laughs> and uh, so we, <laughs> I said, no, man, I'm, I'm just kidding. So, so <laughs> we were able to, so in, in those moments, you always think, especially when you have a suit jacket on or a nice shirt, you think, man, I hope this baby doesn't throw up on me. <laughs> so you don't, the key is, you dedicate, ever dedicate a baby, don't hold them up. Keep them down. If they projectile, you know, that's, that's probably one in a hundred. <laughs> Most of the time, it's just going to be spit up. And so you're good right here, not up here. <laughs> you, parents know, you, you parents know what I'm talking about. So, so this is, uh, yeah, you can keep going. So this is the ribbon cutting ceremony at a church that Matt actually preached at that is in a very poor area of Karachi where most of the people's houses that live there have been burned down by extremists. They're, they're, you can keep going. Um, so we were able to dedicate their brand, brand new church, and that picture is, is out of order, but that's okay. I, I did that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, you did. So, uh, <laughs> so we were able to dedicate their church, their new church office, and bless the pastor that was glad to come and pastor another guy that you'll never you may never know his name may never have a big following but he's willing to pastor people in a very poor place and right next to their church and their houses is a river of trash <clears throat> you saw that and it's it's horrible so we prayed for a young man that night that had been being attacked by demons. And some of you have had demonic dreams or you felt like you've had spiritual attack, right? And we all have probably in some way. This guy's face looked like he'd been in, in the ring with a UFC fighter with no gloves on. This dude had gashes, scabs, like the demons were physically attacking him. I never, I've heard of something similar to that one time, but not that bad. Um, and this was a young man telling me this, this story. So this guy, immediately there's a word of knowledge that there's witchcraft in his family. It gets broken and he gets, he gets free. He's like, I felt it go. And I'm like, yes, Jesus. Because these demons have been abusing this, this young man. And um, by no fault of his own, just because there was witchcraft in his family. Um, <clears throat> so that night also there was a lady who had, uh, she appeared to be in kidney failure. And we had to go to her house, which wasn't very far from the church. And he said, hey, will you come with me and pray for her? And we're like, yeah, absolutely. So we go and pray. And she hadn't been able to walk for like two or three days or even stand up. So she's laying in bed. We pray for her. All the pain leaves her body. And she gets up. And she's able to move. And then we check back in on her. And she's been good ever since. So we don't know. She, had, she was in kidney failure and her liver. She might have needed a new liver. They're not entirely sure. So... Yeah, Jesus healed her, um, and there were, a, I don't know how many people got healed that night, and Matt did corporate prayer, um, so some of, the, some of the stuff, we're getting more, you're going to, I'll post them, I'll share them as we get them, but a lot of the stuff is still coming in, and they're waiting until they accumulate a bunch of them, so they're not just sending two here, three here, um, and so we're getting a lot more in from, from the crusade as well, and so... Will you go back? Um, I don't know where we're at. So this is 
this is the crusade. So if you could go back to where you were, I think, um, ah, this is the pastor's conference. So this is, this is where I wanted you to be, the picture that's right before this one as well. Yeah, you see that? So pastors and leaders conference. There were around 800 that, that were there that registered to come. And I got, you know, worship, they did worship. I was able to teach a couple sessions. Um, have you ever seen me teach the three chairs? Some of you have seen me teach the three chairs. I uh, borrowed from Leif Hetland, and I've been teaching it for, I don't know, probably five or six years. I, I can probably claim it now. Um, <laughs> but I did learn it from him for sure. And uh, was able to teach them that. And so what we've experienced here in America is that a lot of pastors are dealing with depression, suicidal thoughts, especially over the last two years. And I figured, you know, well, if it's happening here, it's probably happening there. And so I don't know how many pastors stood for burnout, depression, suicidal thoughts, and were able to pray for all, all of them. Um, so that was, that was incredible. Um, and then at the end, we prayed for the baptism. I taught on the baptism of love. And the baptism, I've never felt the tangible experiential love of the Father so thick before. It came in a way that was like love and fire all mixed together, and every one of them attested that I could tell uh, through that that received a baptism of love. And so you know when you impact leaders, your influence is way more than if you're impacting people that aren't, obviously. And so you just don't know. But we're gonna, that's one of the things that we're going to continue to do yearly, Lord willing, is do a pastor's conference, pastor's and leader's conference once a year there. Um, and so that was there. So this is it got a little dicey. Well, I didn't know it was dicey, but so Muslims own the banquet hall. They own all of the, the properties, you know, in the, in the city because they, they have the money. So I should have assumed that this was the night after the crusade, another night that I slept for like two hours. And so I was, you know, just hyped that I was able to have the privilege of speaking to these pastors but what I didn't realize is not only Muslims own it, but they actually work in it too. And so they were present. And I was very vocal about Jesus being the only one, uh, the only, only true living God. And uh, I also said some other things in my three-chair method that I, I speak about. The, the chair number three, which is those that are not yet saved, and 1.6, 1.7 billion of them are Muslims that would be in that chair. And I, I am sharing this all openly, and I, I didn't know. I'm, I'm oblivious, okay? And then at the altar call, after we pray for everybody, there's a man they bring up, and they say, hey, this guy's got pain throughout his whole body, and he's a Muslim. And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I don't ask right then, and I thought, how did he get here? You had to sign up and register to be at this thing. And so, you know, I'm like, whatever. So Jesus heals him. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And then I, I, so all the pain leaves his body. When we get in the car on the way back to the hotel, I, uh, I ask Donish, I'm like, hey, uh, how'd this guy get here? He said, oh, yeah, they were working while you were speaking. And I said, uh, a little heads up would have been, been great. And he said, oh, you're fine. They were, if they were mad, they would have came forward <laughs> right then. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> okay. I'm glad there were more of us than there were of them. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
Okay, this is, this is the crusade on Friday night. Some of you saw pictures of this already. Over 28,000 people showed up to this. It's the biggest event that they've ever had in that area of the city. It was historic. Uh, one of the Muslim uh, governmental officials was at this. He came up on stage. They honored him. He spoke. He came over and, and shook hands with Matt and I. It was a huge privilege. It was, it was a really big deal. Because um, these events have to be registered with the government. They have to be registered with the government. They know what you're doing. They kind of wink at it because they're getting, you know, there's money exchanging hands. And so... Um, but you, you know the gospel is illegal there. <laughs> but it's still getting preached. So these events within the city are okay because they want to show that, hey, we're cooperating with the Christian community. Um, so, so it was amazing to meet him, to shake hands with him. Um, I didn't think anything like that would happen. And so this is the, the crowd that you see. Um, we, when you do these things, you have no idea who, who's going to show up. You, they did so much work. Donish and his team worked tirelessly for months. Banners were all over the city. They had met with pastors day in and day out. They met with about 1,000 pastors, to my knowledge, um, to help get them on board so that when people get saved at these things, they actually have a place to get discipled, right? So it's not just them saying a prayer, but they're actually they're getting decision cards. They're, so everybody that's coming into this event... They're checking them at the gate and finding out Christian, Muslim, Hindu, whatever. They're coming in because you're something there. You're not just, you know, you're not just an atheist or agnostic there. It just, you just don't see it. Um, so, so they come. So there was a fence. There, there's obviously Matt Donish and I. So there was a fence over there by those lights when we first came in. And we got there about 830. Pakistani, Pakistani, they're event-oriented. Donish and I talked about this, not time-oriented. I ran into this with my Egyptian and, and uh, brothers and sisters from Jordan as well in the Middle East. They're event-oriented. You say 4.30, you know, I get there half hour early for church. Uh, they get there at 5.30 or 6.30. Jonah and I have been to Arabic Christian church before together, and he, we found that out. And so this is the same way. So started at 6.30. Uh, at 8.30, we, we show up. They bring us there. Because <laughs> it will be kind of close to preaching time at that point. And at one point, a half hour or so in, they had to tear that fence down and put people in the street and on the walking path, which was already, Bush already blocked off. And so you're like, yes, Jesus, this is, this is going to be amazing. So <clears throat> those are all pastors over here to the left. Uh, Left-hand side, there's a bunch of them. There were a bunch that were on the stage. If you could go to the next one, please. And, um, and that is actually at a whole different church. And that is Matt uh, being honored. Uh, and that's at the same church. Uh, revival meeting. That was the very first night we were there. Matt preached, and there were about 60 or so people that were born again that night. That was Tuesday night. We flew in Tuesday morning. That was Tuesday night. Bunch of people were healed. You can freeze it right there if you would. A bunch of people were healed at that church. And um, sorry, I'm going to have to bounce back and forth just to show the picture. So a bunch of people were healed that night. And we saw some teenagers that I got to empower that had never seen miracles before. One of them was this lady that was in a, a wheelchair that hadn't been able to walk, pain throughout her whole body. I had a 14-year-old girl pray for her. She prayed for her three times. 
all her pain leaves, and she's able to get up and walk. And I'm like, yes, Jesus. A couple other teenage boys and, a, and then a young uh, 20-something young man um, all had them pray for miracles, uh, backs healed, legs grow out, um, things of that nature, and they were all, all saw miracles for the very first time. Um, and that's, that's one of our favorite things to do is to equip the younger generation. And so that was... An incredible night. I don't know how many people were at that church service. Probably, I think there were between two and 300. Um, so, see that wheelchair? That lady that you just saw, <laughs> she was wheeled in in that wheelchair, and I saw her wheeled up to the front out of my peripheral. I saw her wheeled to the front. I turn around, and I see them. They're putting her in the very front row because she wants healed. Along with, there were a couple uh, Muslim ladies that walked two and a half hours to get to this meeting. They were there at 4.30. Never mind, I told you didn't bring me till 8.30. The meeting didn't start till 6.30. But these ladies, one of them had hip dysplasia and pain throughout her whole body, and the other one had an issue of blood like the woman in the Bible. Wow. <clears throat> Both of them were healed during corporate prayer. <laughs> Nobody was laying hands on them. It just invited the Holy Spirit to come. If you saw that quote-unquote altar call that I did, there, it just I felt like Jesus said, just invite me to come and, and watch what I do. So this lady in this wheelchair, I see her out of my peripheral. As I'm praying, I see her stand up. And you have no idea what she's in the wheelchair for. You know, you, you can guess, but you don't know. And so she had been paralyzed for the last two and a half years, com completely paralyzed. And, and Jesus healed her that night. I'm like, come on. That's her walking. Um, <laughs> she walked right up on that stage and uh, somebody else carried a wheelchair, I assume. I don't know. I was down in the crowd praying for people and there wasn't even enough time. I mean, people were following us to the car. They were at one point when they turned the lights off, you got to get you out of there because it's just not going to be safe for you anymore because there's just too many people. Um, and they have guards around you and things, but the people are desperate. Um, but we were still, Matt and I, sitting in the car, laying hands on people, praying for them um, as they were getting ready to take us away. Well, you know, there's that many people. You don't have a prayer team big enough um, to, to reach that many. So I can't tell you, when we did corporate prayer, I can't tell you, there, there appeared to be hundreds of people that were waving their hands um, that, were, that were healed or were set free of something that phys could tell physically they were healed in that moment. Um, so there was, so during this, it was being streamed live. There were between, um, between a million and two million people that were watching live all over the Middle East. In 80, 80 countries, 80 nations of the yeah, Middle East. And they and streamed it on Facebook too. So, it, I mean, we, they gauged that there were over a million and somewhere between a million and two million that were watching. And the testimony that some of you heard about already uh, that's worth telling a million more times is there was a guy in the UAE that was watching live and he said, hey, when Pastor Tony prayed, when you guys started praying corporately, I felt something happen in my body. And he had blood cancer. And so he went to the doctor the next morning. They ran tests on him. Within 24 hours, they had his results back that he didn't have cancer anymore. Wow. Yes, Jesus, come on. <clears throat> Completely healed of blood cancer while watching a live stream. Wow. I'm like, man, God is, he can do anything, right? <clears throat> so, so there's, again, I will get a whole, I will get a whole lot more uh, testimonies. Uh, from the crusade meeting specifically, um, there were people that were in the back of the place that were falling down getting delivered. Um, and we have no idea 
the result of all that, but there were people around them, pastors, to be able to take care of that, that situation. So um, there were that night um, oh, around 8,000 people that got born again. What I couldn't share on Facebook or wasn't willing to share on Facebook is that those people were all Muslims. So to share that on Facebook while I was still in the country wouldn't have been the wisest thing to do. Um, but that was a huge... I, I can't comprehend the magnitude of, of, of thousands of people giving their lives to Jesus, to being willing to follow Jesus. So your guys' prayers, your guys' support, you look at the, the fruit of this. This is our fruit as a kingdom family to share in with what God did. Um, this is a continued work that, that God's going to continue to do through us. Um, this is quite possibly, more than likely, going to be our central base for the, the Middle East and this friendship and partnership that we have with, with Grace Network. And so God's up, up to big things. And uh, you may feel like you're a, a part of a, a small place, but God is doing big things with, with individuals and, and with people all around the world like us that are just willing to say yes and to pray into whatever your part is. Just doing our part, we get to be a part of what God's doing, right? And then, and ultimately, Jesus gets all the glory. And you're like, we just do this for you, Jesus. And so what I, I want to do as I, I wrap up here is um, I want to see if there's any more. I want to see. Oh, oh, at Doha Airport on the way there, um, there, was a, there was a young man that got uh, his shoulders got healed in the food court. Matt and I were eating, and uh, he was cleaning stuff up. And, and so Jesus healed his, his shoulders. His name was Muhammad. I took it as a sign. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is a, it's a good trip already. Matt was a blast to travel with. We've traveled together before. And um, those trips are, again, they're, they're unlike mission trips. You have to be prepared physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. It's way different. Um, it's, it's, it's way different. I mean, it's 24 hours of travel just by itself. Um, and so the physical part of it and the mental emotional part of it is, is, is one thing and then the being prepared spiritually. And so we felt the effects of you guys praying for us, standing with us, you know, in partnership and uh, just thanks so much. You see the effect of this. And what I hope it did as you heard these testimonies is you see our brothers and sisters in Christ that are over there doing this work on a daily basis, that it reminds all of us to continue to pray for them, that they'll know, if you're watching this, that we're standing with you, uh, that we're with you in this, and we're going to continue to be with you. And so we're going to be remind, whatever it is, remind ourselves to pray on a daily basis for them. And also, I pray that it gives each one of us a newfound boldness to surrender in, in every single area of our lives. That they, because of the shorter lifespan, it seemed to me they value time more. There's the equal amount of distractions. Technology is everywhere. You know, <laughs> now, not so much out in the villages, but there are people that still have cell phones in places like that. You know, you'll see them with nothing, but they'll have cell phone chargers 
<laughs> not much power, but they'll have a source of, you know, um, a source of power to, to charge cell phones. So the pastors have them or something. So there's an equal amount of distractions everywhere. And uh, there are no excuses for any of us that are good enough to say why we wouldn't just be sold out in every single way to him. And it reminded me that what's the worst thing somebody could do to me here in America? If I told him Jesus loves him. I share the gospel with them. What's the worst thing that can happen? Going to not like me? Unfriend me? I mean, it's true. I know, and I'm, 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 I know the feelings and the thoughts of if you've suffered rejection or any of that stuff. I, I know. I, I know the fear. I've given into it. I've not spoken to people that I felt like I should have. I've done all that. And there's no shame or condemnation in that. Like the father knew you weren't going to do it before you didn't do it. I asked him one time, and this isn't an excuse. I asked him one time, why did you give me a word of knowledge when, when you knew I wasn't going to approach the person? I just want you to know that I love talking to you. So that showed me his goodness, which brings about, Romans 2, 4 says, brings about Repentance. The goodness of God brings man to repentance, which is a mind change. And, and I'm reminded that he's good. And because of his goodness displayed in my life, I told him that I've given it to him. And that means that I give it to him in every situation and say, you can use it for whatever you want. And so, so today as we pray, <clears throat> all over again, I feel like we should just dedicate ourselves back to the Lord. Well, it's like dedicating a baby to the Lord. They have no idea. <laughs> it's like baby baptism. <laughs> Didn't help the baby much. <laughs> Even though it is a symbol and it's important to us. And it is us saying, Lord, we're going to raise this child up in, the, in your ways. And when they get older, they won't depart from them. But also, that child, when it gets of age, has choices it has to make. And one of the choices that we get to make now that we're grown is on a daily basis surrendering our lives. And knowing that there are people around the world that are paying with their lives for the gospel. Right? They're paying in ways that we don't have to. Which ought to. Which I believe is making me become more bold. And to carry even more fire. Knowing that our nation needs it just as much as Pakistan does. Or anywhere in the Middle East. Right? Our nation, our nation needs it. And we get the privilege of carrying the fire that will light others on fire. Because that thing that I started with in John Wesley, he said, light yourself on fire and, and people will come from miles around to watch you burn. You know what fire is? It's contagious. You get close to somebody else when you're on fire, guess what's going to happen? They're going to catch fire too. Remember, the, the priest's responsibility in Leviticus 6 was to keep the fire burning on the altar and never allow it to go out. In Revelations 1.6, it says that now we've become kings and priests unto our God. So now we've taken up the priesthood, and it becomes our responsibility to not only keep the fire burning, but to become the altar and to put the sacrifice on there on a daily basis. Because Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies, that you would present your body as a living sacrifice. You get to choose because you're a powerful person. To actually, that's the only problem with living sacrifices. It'll get off the altar. Right? 
And so I get to choose on a daily basis that my life will be an altar, that I will be a living sacrifice, and that through it, it will actually be worship unto God in everything that I do. That's how my life becomes worship, is when I'm a living sacrifice. That's how my life becomes a sweet-smelling aroma, not just for the Father, but to attract others to Him and show Him that, show them that He's good. Your life and my life gets to be that to the world around us. It's not complicated. It's just a simple choice. I'm going to lay my life down for you, Jesus. These testimonies happened because of people that were willing to lay their lives down. And these testimonies didn't just happen because of our prayers. People have been sowing into Pakistan for decades. And, we, and one of the words that we got, I, I think it was from, from Zach, um, Zach or Rebecca, or, or both of them, is that we would actually get to harvest fruit that others had sown decades before. And that's what's happening all around the world right now. The harvest is more ready than it ever has been before. People are waiting. They may look angry. They may look hurt. They may look disinterested. Yes, they are all those things. But on the inside of them, there's something that is crying out for the love of the Father. Is crying out in this, this empty hole that they've tried to fill with everything that they can think. And, and it's the only one thing, only one thing that will fill that void. And it's Him. And they are wired to, to be loved by Him. They are wired to become sons and daughters. They are wired to be completely sold out for Him. And you and I get to be the example of what that looks like by a life that's burning. It doesn't always have to be in words, but it always needs to be in actions. It just looks like me being completely, completely sold out in every area. It's just that simple. I know there's challenges that come with it. I know all of our minds need more transformed. I, I, I get all that, right? But I, I don't know about you. I, I just, I've, I've made so many excuses over the years. So many excuses. And there, there, I've found out one, one thing out of all the ones I've made, none of them are good enough. <laughs> none of them are good enough. They, they just don't measure up. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I'm too this. I'm, you know, whatever. And, and you, did you know God can bend time, stop time? Like there's, <laughs> he's taking our beliefs to a new level. I've seen him do it. Even while I was there, I felt that in something we had prayed, I'd sleep for two hours, felt like I slept for eight. There's, there's no excuse, Right? Not the kids, not the job, not the spouse, not the, there's nothing. Don't have enough, don't, no. We have what we need. We have him. And because we have him, we have everything. I watched people that did not have anything in the natural. Their houses have been burnt down. And they were more joyful than I was. And I, and I came to the conclusion once again, not the first time I, I've realized this, but the, because they had Jesus, they have everything. They're very, very rich because they have him. <laughs> our, our people in poverty in our country are rich there. Actually still in the top tier percentage across the world. 
of incomes, if you, if even if you make less than 30 G's in a year. All right? So Jesus is, is loving us into this new place of an increased amount of fire where we will burn brighter and hotter than we ever have. COVID started something in the church, regardless of what you believe, is that I watched it begin to draw a line in the sand between those who preached things and didn't believe them and those that preached them and believed them. And it, and it, did, a, it did an inventory check for all of us. And we begin to find out, begin to question our beliefs, begin to find out what we believed, right? And I, don't, I think God brings good out of everything. He doesn't cause bad things, but He brings good out of them. And that's what I saw. And that, that line is just getting deeper, right? For those that are burning, because this is the time that we live in. There's no time not to burn for Him any longer. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no time. I'm, I'm not. That's not a stress thing or a guilt thing. Like I'm not into that. I'm not interested in in doing that to you. I'm just saying, why, why wouldn't I want to? After seeing how loving, how compassionate, how good He is, why would I not just say, here you can have it all. Let my life be an altar. Let my mind and my heart be the sacrifice. Send down fresh fire on me. I don't care how foolish I look. I don't care what other people think about me. I don't care if they unfriend me or never follow me. It's the kind of stuff we worry about. We know it's true. We laugh about it, but it's the truth. I ain't comment on my post. It's the kind of stuff we get caught up in. All right? When the world is looking for burning ones, here we are. I know there's fire already on the inside of every one of you. I know that's why you're here. We, we unintentionally, usually, we weed out people that aren't burning for him. <laughs> because we have a small building and you're getting confronted with truth. <laughs> like we're, <laughs> we're empowering you to, to go, right? And so I know, I, I, I know that it's been... A, Every, every time you come in here, there's somebody that's preaching truth that, that checks my heart. If it's not me, and even the stuff I preach is always for me. And so this is an, another opportunity. So if you would, just, I've taken a, a lot of your time, but you, you guys knew that this was going to take longer than normal just because of the stories and the testimonies. And um, wanted you to, I wanted to t- take my time with it and do it justice, right? So if you would, stand, stand with me. I really do believe that the Father's already started releasing fresh fire. Fire from the persecuted church that we were able to have the privilege of bringing back with us. And that you don't have to be persecuted once to burn like them. (laughs) You can choose to burn. You can choose to allow the flame not just to be your heart burning, to be that whole it starts there to allow every neural pathway to receive the fire of God so that it can be refined and begin to not just believe in Jesus but believe like Jesus and then say God I'm going to do whatever you want with this life some of us in the room have been afraid to pray that prayer at times I've been one of those people 
I prayed it before and then I started to add conditions to it. Just don't send me here, 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 here. <laughs> Believe me, Pakistan wasn't on my list of to-go places and you've heard me say that before. And now he's put a burning desire in my heart to be with my brothers and sisters there, to stand with him and run with him as long as he will allow me to, as long as he will allow me breath on this earth. They will be the people that we choose to run with. God's precious, precious people, just as you are. Just because we live in a country where we're privileged just by being here doesn't mean you're not God's precious people. Just means that you were fortunate enough to be born in this place, right? Where sometimes the choice seems harder to burn, but it's not. <laughs> and so whatever your yes is today, I pray that it become louder and clearer to the Father. And when you wake up tomorrow morning, that it be louder and clearer than it was any other Monday morning before. And then just continue day in and day out to be the one that attracts all those lost, hurting, broken ones to the love that you carry that burns in you. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and that you would come with the fire that you plan to impart to every person today, every son, every daughter that's in this room, that's watching this. I pray that your fire would come every altar that's every life that is an altar in this room that's watching the fresh yeah thank you father thank you yeah thank you thank you for being the father of fire thanks for a baptism of fire that John the Baptist said Jesus was coming with Thanks for a consuming fire. As you are, you are all consuming fire. So thanks for consuming us today, every area of our lives that we would burn for you in ways that we can't even dream of yet. That we would begin to be uh, an igniter to those that are around us, in our families, to our children, to our friends, to our coworkers, to strangers, that we would begin to be burning ones completely sold out to you that we would begin to be filled with the compassion that Jesus walked this planet with that he displayed that was a prerequisite to every miracle that he did that we would begin to be filled with that kind of compassion and love for everyone every single person regardless of what they're doing, regardless of what they look like, regardless of their choices. I thank you for eyes of love for every one of us that will cause us to see past behaviors and choices and lifestyles and to see the gold, the image that you have placed on the inside of every human. Yeah, thank you, Father. We give you the stuff that people see and we give you the stuff that people don't. We lay it all on the altar of our lives today and we pray, would you please just send down the fire that you desire for us to burn with. That your fiery love would consume every part, every part of us. 
and that our lives would be everything that you dreamed they would be. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing fire to our souls, to rewiring our emotions and our minds the way that you designed them to be. Thank you that your love is increasing in ways that we have asked for and ways that we haven't. Thank you that you're going beyond anything we can ask for. And thank you for the life of every burning one in this family. Thank you that you've taught us to go beyond the four walls of this place to reach the world around us. Thank you for the fruit of this trip, Father. We give you every bit of the glory. We are just grateful that we get to be a part of what you're doing, that we get to partner with the persecuted church, our brothers and sisters, that we get to link arms with them, to learn from them, to add value to what you're doing there. We thank you, and I thank you that what they carry, Lord, has been released in this room, and that each person gets to make a choice today whether or not they will say yes to that, to that impartation. You're worth it, Jesus. We know it. We know it. I pray that our lives would, would yell that in every area that you our, our worth it all. You're worth it all. You are worth it all, Jesus. You're worth all my time. You're worth all my money. You're worth everything. You're worth it all. You're worth it all. You are worth it all, Jesus. Just tell him in your own way. Just tell him in your own words that he's worth your life, that he's worth your life. This needs to be something that you, I can't pray this for you, I can't make this decision for you, as you can't make it for me. So as people are praying, as people are, are saying in their words, Father, what it is that only thing you're looking for, yes. I thank you for consuming this family. I thank you for an increase of the anointing to go. I thank you for an increase of as the apostles prayed after they were persecuted in the book of Acts. They said, Lord, would you grant to us boldness to preach your word that you would stretch forth your hand to heal and do miracles in the name of your holy son Jesus I pray that boldness come on us like never before to preach your gospel in actions and in words when necessary and that we would begin to see more miracles outside of this place than we've ever seen before more displays miraculously and practically of your goodness everywhere that we go wouldn't shy away from a risk, that we wouldn't be condemned when we don't take it, but we wouldn't shy away from it when we have the opportunity. 
we would love the next person in front of us, whatever it looks like, that we would realize, every one of us, that we have everything we need because we have you, Jesus. In a time of year where some become very selfish, I thank you for a family that's become selfless. Thank you for givers. First and foremost, I thank you for those laid down lovers. Thank you that I get to be in a room with precious people that love you and that their life says it. And so I bless what you're doing right now, Holy Spirit. Would a heart cry always be, here I am, Lord, send me. Down the street, to work, to the gas station, or across the ocean, wherever it is, there would always be a yes to the go that you've placed in our hearts. person's life pray that discovery would take place this week discovery of who you are as a good dad discovery of who we are as dearly loved sons and daughters (laughs) yeah thank you father thanks for increase today Thanks that it's not just for this, for good good church services. Thanks that it's for a lifestyle that you made us for, to change the world around us through your love and power. We are grateful. <laughs> Thank you that we get to be, we get to be in this with you. We pray for our our brothers and sisters that are being persecuted now. Father, we pray that provision come to them like never before in every way that they need it. Financially, spiritually, (laughs) mentally, emotionally, physically, all the ways, Lord. We thank you for being their provider. We thank you that you're sending angels that are reinforcements to minister to them and minister with them. We thank you for an increased fear of influence, Father. For more to know who you are. For more to see clearly that you are who you say you are. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thanks for a dramatic increase of people coming into the body of Christ in Pakistan specifically. Thank you that every one of those tribal villages that haven't been reached will be reached with the gospel. Thank you for more laborers, Lord. We pray for more laborers to go into the harvest. More. We know there's more. We know. And so we thank you for them. Yeah, thank you for the go in their hearts. Thank you, Father, for the privilege you've given us, the influence you've given us. We don't take it lightly. May we always stay at your feet, humble before you. You'd be the only one doing the exalting. We would just stay at your feet and worship Jesus <laughs> as worship in worship. In Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. team if you want to just start praying for people for everybody that needs to go you can go we bless you we thank you so much for spending this time with us I know there's kids that need to be need to be released so if you want prayer and, and we ask that you just if you got kids in there maybe you grab your kids come back out here and get prayer for the whole family kids need prayer too Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to keep on ministering to, to people until, until Holy Spirit's done. But we don't want to hold you up. <clears throat> so if you need to go, please, by all means, go for it. Thanks again for being here today. My gosh, we're grateful that you're here. Such a privilege to be able to, to, be, able to be in the same room with you. Bless you all online. Love you guys. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.